Good morning, everybody. Let's do a show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. It is Wednesday, and this week is freaking crazy. This is episode uh, Just Human number 170, and this is insane. 2023 has been an insane year already. There's so much news that is worth talking about. And as soon as I got done with the show on Monday, I started collecting some things here and there, and I, I, I can't keep up with it all. I can't keep up with all of the good things that are happening and like, I mean, just happenings period. There's so much. And today we're going to talk about the Biden docs. Of course, of course, we're going to talk about the Biden docs. It is right in my wheelhouse and I'm super stoked to cover it. That's probably going to be the, the primary thing we talk about today. Um, and then we're going to talk about the, uh, the new house and what's going on with them and some of the things that they've come out the gate and immediately done. And then after that, we're going to talk about the Georgia grand jury for just a short time. Um, and then I have a few like miscellaneous things that if we have some time, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get to. So that's, that's the plan for today. Um, I see some people saying that it's frozen on rumble. I don't know, but I do need to say that, um, right before I, like, as I pulled in my driveway, uh, this morning, I noticed there's, uh, about three utility vehicles, some linemen, about 10 houses down from me. 
So I would not be surprised if the stream does have an issue today. Uh, they got a pole truck and it looks like they're replacing a telephone pole. At least one, maybe they actually had two poles with them. They had one pole on the ground and they had one pole on the truck. So just fair warning. I would not be surprised if my internet goes down for several minutes during the show today because they're doing whatever they're, they're replacing a pole or two. And if that happens, I'm just going to keep going. Just FYI, if that happens, I'm just going to keep going because the show's being recorded and I'll upload the show if I need to. So I kind of, I used to do that work and I kind of miss it. I used to be a cable contractor and I miss, there's things I don't miss about it for sure, but there is something to be said for working outside every day and building something physical outside. And like getting up, starting a project, getting it, starting a project. And then when you get done, you can look at all the work you did and see all the things you built. Um, I kind of, I kind of miss that. Uh, anyway. Um, so that's the plan for today. Let's go to the, uh, the Biden doc stuff first. Right here and grab this. So, big news yesterday. Big, big news. I think CBS was the first to report it. Not entirely sure. Um, They do say exclusive, so I think they may have gotten the exclusive leak uh, right there at first. Exclusive classified documents from Joe Biden's vice presidential office were discovered by the president's personal attorneys at the Penn Biden Center, a think tank in Washington, D.C. And, I mean, Kyle Becker's right here. LOL. Like, this is hilarious. This is absolutely hilarious. And it's, well, it's it's just amazing. Classified documents from Biden's time as vice president discovered at Penn Biden Center, reports Fox News. And I'm going to read this article in just a moment to give you some specifics. But I want to show you that immediately the narrative got deployed by some of Trump's closest allies. Seems like a good time to revisit this article from last article from last August, said John Ratcliffe's Trump's DNI. Even before learning that VP Biden took and held top secret documents in an unsecure facility for seven years, A.G. Garland must explain why he appointed a special counsel for Trump, but not Biden. Boom. There's your narrative deployed right there. Mr. Garland, why is there no special counsel for Biden when you have one for Trump and we have a copy of that situation going on? Mike Pompeo, Kansas, no one gets to keep classified information outside of a place classified information should be. There's no exception for Democratic politicians. CNN, classified documents from Biden's time as VP discovered in private office. And they tried to do some cover up here. And I just want to point something out like, okay, I'm going to veer just a little bit. This guy, Marshall Cohen, I swear that this guy is a cartoon character. I swear he's a cartoon character. I mean, I've seen him on live TV. I've seen him on live TV on CNN, but you could like, this looks like he looks like a CNN reporter out of a Pixar movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, and I'm pretty, I think he's CIA, honestly. <laughs> I, of course, maybe everybody at CNN is CIA, but this is the guy they go to, to, uh, get the, the, the CN, the, the CIA's, uh, Pixar take. He's the, he's their token Pixar reporter. Anyway, I, I'm like I can't I can't not see it. I can't not see it. The guy looks like he's straight out of a Pixar movie, and that's how it's always going to be to me. Marshall Cohen, follow him on Twitter if you like Pixar movies. All right, we're gonna, st- we're gonna dig into this article here because it has some specifics. And as you can see, I got a lot of links for this. I really don't know how many I'm going to get through, but, um, oh yeah, look, this is one of his right here. He appears to be a real human. Yeah. He appears to be a real human. I have seen him on TV and he's, I, and he still looks like he's made it at a Pixar studio. Um, imagine a scenario where Biden was pressuring the clerk of the house to illegally discard some McCarthy votes and throw the speaker's race to Jeffries. That's literally a direct analogy for what Trump wanted Pence to do precisely two years ago today. So he's there. He's there. Uh, he's in. He's their Agent Smith in the Matrix type guy. Anyway, let's dig into some specifics. I'm I'm stoked about this, guys. I have such good stuff. I'm so stoked. All right, a batch of records. From President Biden's time as vice president, including a small number of documents with classified markings were discovered at the Penn Biden Center. Here, I'm going to zoom in here for you guys. So it's for those of you who like to read along. Okay, they were discovered by the president's personal attorneys way back on November 2nd, according to Richard Sauber, who is special counsel to the White House. Okay, so the 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 news of this, the revelation that Biden had these top secret docs in one of his offices comes from the White House lawyer Richard Sauber. It doesn't come from a press release from DOJ. It doesn't come from Biden revealing it. It comes from his attorney. I think that's notable. I think that's, this is not special counsel as in like Durham special counsel or Jack Smith. This is special counsel as in a lawyer for the white house who deals, deals with legal things. Speaking on the white house, he speaks on the white house's behalf. The attorneys found the documents in a locked closet while preparing to vacate office space at the center, which the president used from mid 2017 until he began the 2020 campaign. The National Archives were notified of the finding and took possession of the documents on November 3rd, 2022. So the very next day, National Archives are reported to have received them. Quote, the documents were not the subject of any previous request or inquiry by the archives, Salver said in the statement. Since that discovery, the president's personal attorneys have cooperated with the archives and the Department of Justice in process to ensure that any Obama-Biden administration records are appropriately in the possession of the archives. In other words, since the discovery of these documents, the National Archives and DOJ 
are looking for more. <laughs> Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed U.S. Attorney for Northern District of Illinois, John Lausch, to review the matter. According to CBS News, which was first reported the document's discovery on Monday. So, John Lausch has been tasked, he is the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of Illinois, and he has been tasked to look into this matter. Now, it says here, Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed U.S. Attorney. So, Merrick Garland already is on this and said, yo, I want this U.S. Attorney to look into this. I'm sorry for the sniffles this morning, guys. Got a little bit of congestion. I'm just going to gotta apologize for it. All right. CBS News. According to General... Ah, so get out of there. Attorney General Merrick Garland has assigned the U.S. Attorney in Chicago to review documents marked classified that were found at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington. Two sources with knowledge of the inquiry told CBS News. The roughly 10 documents are from President or President Biden's vice presidential office at the center. CBS News has learned the FBI is also involved in the U.S. Attorney's inquiry. Oh, yeah. The material was identified by personal attorneys from Mr. Biden just before the midterms. Richard Sauber, special counsel to the president, confirmed. The documents were discovered when Biden's presidents were or personal attorneys were packing files in a locked closet to prepare to vacate the office. Sauber also said that on the same day the material was discovered, November 2nd, the White House Counsel's Office notified the National, National Archives, which took possession of the materials the following morning. The discovery of these documents were made by the president's attorneys, blah, 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 blah. This is a photo of the Penn Biden Center. All right. Garland assigned U.S. Attorney from the Northern District of Illinois, John Lausch, to find out how the material marked classified ended up at the Penn Biden Center. The review is considered a preliminary step, and the Attorney General will determine whether further investigation is necessary, including potentially appointing a special counsel. Hmm. Hmm. I, has anybody ever thought put forth or posited that perhaps one day Merrick Garland would appoint a special counsel to investigate the Bidens. Seems like I've heard that before. We're going to talk about this U S attorney here in just a minute, but before we get there, AP Trump probe may be complicated by documents at Biden office. The volume of classified documents is vastly different, but the circumstances of discovery, they're also worlds apart. But the revelation that lawyers for President Joe Biden have located what the White House says is a small number of classified documents in a locked closet is an unexpected wrinkle for a Justice Department already investigating Donald Trump over the retention of top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago. Despite abundant factual and legal differences in the situations, Trump seized on the news. And it's true. There are, there are factual and legal differences between the circumstances. But it doesn't really matter because you can tell the story the same way. 
So let's say, let's, let's say right now, guys, let's say nothing comes of this. Okay. Let's say that nothing, like he's not going to get a special counsel. Um, there's not going to be a grand jury impaneled. Uh, let's say it just all gets swept under the rug and nothing happens. Okay. And, and DOJ just moves on case closed, just an accident. The narrative is still deployed. The narrative is still out there and can be reasonably argued that Biden did the same thing as Trump and Trump is being investigated with grand juries and a special counsel. And it's been going on for months and months and months and Biden, they didn't care. And it just got swept under the rug Two tier justice system. It's a, it's a red, it's an obvious red pill. Easy to easy. The normies are never going to look into the specifics. The norm, the normies are never going to dig into what the legal differences are and the circumstantial difference. They're just going to say Biden did the same thing as Trump. Hell, probably all of these presidents do it, but the only person they're going after is Trump. And that narrative is going to stick. That narrative is going to stick. Now, I don't think it's going to, ha- it's going to happen. I don't think it is going to be dismissed and it's going to be, you know, buried. Um, and nothing's going to come of it. I think something's going to come of it big time. But even if I'm wrong on that and it just, they move on without any investigation, like it just gets closed. The narrative is still deployed and it's, it's very, very useful. Trump, one of the Trump made many tweets, tweets about this, but one of them was Biden given China highly Biden giving China highly classified documents would, would be a bridge too far. I certainly wouldn't do that. Not a good situation for our country to be in. Guys, do you remember that Biden already gave classified information to China earlier this year and China immediately gave it to Russia? Do you recall that it had to do with Ukraine? Already, besides this documents thing, earlier this year, Biden gave intel to the Chinese who then gave it to Russia. Jonathan Turley. On the classified document controversy, Biden is now accused of the same underlying violation as Trump. But Garland has elected again not to appoint a special counsel. Not yet. Rather, he is keeping the matter within the Justice Department ranks. For years, some of us have pushed Garland to adopt a clear and consistent approach to these investigations with the appointment of a special counsel. His inexplicable refusal will now make a bad situation even worse for DOJ. I believe he will appoint a special counsel. I have been saying that since April of 2022, that Garland will appoint a special counsel to investigate the Bidens. And it makes more sense now than it ever has. This CBS news story that I just read to you. It. I can't help it. Like I, I can't help it. It's, it's like, how can I not think of my article from this past August templates? And the internet just dropped out for a second there. 
Okay, it's coming back. How can I not think back to this article, templates that I wrote in August about the Trump raid or the Mar-a-Lago raid and how it set up the precedent and it was totally orchestrated by Trump and DOJ working together. If you're not aware, Trump has been an asset of the FBI for decades and apparently still is because there's a human source at Mar-a-Lago who tipped the FBI off to classify documents. In my opinion, I think that human source is most likely Trump himself. And it set up the precedent. It set up many precedents from filter team to the special master to um, the actual search warrant itself being executed on a former president's property. And what it's done is it's shown and it set the precedent that it doesn't matter what previous office you've held. Everybody is equal under the law and a search warrant is a search warrant. And it just seems to me like this is the template. Like we're seeing the template from back then what happened with Mar-a-Lago. It was a precursor to this. You think, I mean, does anybody really believe that Trump wasn't aware of this situation that Trump wasn't aware that Biden had documents. He knows that Obama did. I mean, it would just logically follow that Biden probably has documents too. Marked classified. Now I was trying to figure out if a vice president can declassify documents. I think I may save that. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll do it. I'm going to grab a couple rants because there's a few of them. Uh, good morning. It's just me. Why would the Biden attorneys turn it in at all if no one knew about them? Who really found out? Well, I think that's a good question about these Biden att- attorneys, personal attorneys who are moving out the office. How did they end up doing this? I think it's a good question and why it is they decided to go ahead and reveal that. Um Perhaps there were others who were aware and they knew it would leak. Perhaps these attorneys just happened to be honest. Okay. All right. I know that's hard to believe. They're, they're, they're lawyers. But perhaps um, – or perhaps he was already being investigated. Remember with the Trump raid – with the Mar-a-Lago raid, not Trump raid, the Mar-a-Lago raid. We, after the raid, we found out that this had been going on for a very long time. And remember, we found out that in June, they were served a subpoena uh, for video cam footage. And we learned that in early June, the FBI had visited and taken a tour of the facility where the documents were stored. Perhaps, perhaps there's been, there's been some things happening Earlier than this, earlier than November 2nd, which led to this discovery and led to them feeling like, yeah, we got to turn this stuff over. We got to notify DOJ. Music and fiction. Thank you. Good morning. You notice just how many people on Twitter have been spinning the Biden thing like an old style merry-go-round. It's quite, it's quite nice to see them have to eat their words. It has been. It's been fun to watch, to read how they're trying to spin this as anything other than what it obviously is. 
Arturel, good morning. Some interesting news, and now we see all the theater playing out. If any of these evil characters get subpoenaed and they don't want to show up, remember Steve Bannon, president. Yes. Yes. Under the inherent contempt power of the House, the recalcitrant witness may be arrested and brought to trial before the bar of the House with the offender offender facing possible incarceration. McCarthy. Yeah, like, they're coming after this. I saw this morning that James Comer already said he's going to use um, a committee to go to to call DOJ and National Archives and ask them when they knew about this and how much they knew and how they came to know it and et cetera, et cetera. Let's go. Let's go. Let's put their feet to the fire. It'll be fun, if nothing else. Okay, so I I did this short thread. Y'all may have seen it. Um I'm trying to figure out if a vice president can declassify docs. And it was pretty funny to me how I had so many people yelling at me, you know, like commenting, yelling. No, he can't. Trump says he can't. Trump says this. Like, and it's just like, guys, you got to figure out when Trump, when Trump is, there are times when Trump is speaking the literal truth. But there are also times when Trump is speaking a narrative truth and he's telling a story and it may not include all the caveats and qualifiers and everything needed. It's, it's not, not telling he's lying, but he's making headlines with what he's saying on true social. He has a hundred million people like that pay attention to what he says and he knows it not on true social, literally hundred million. I'm just talking about, he had a hundred million followers on Twitter and there's, there's Trump is just as popular as ever. And people are paying attention to what he's saying. He knows the news media and many, many people are going to truth social to look, to see what he says. So he is take, he is, he is speaking in a way to give them headlines and to set narratives and to cause them to write the stories and have the reactions he wants them to have. So, yeah, he's being truthful, but there's uh, there's more qualifiers to it. And so, it's worth checking on him. <laughs> like, it's worth checking what he's saying, right? Like, I believe Trump... But I still want to check on it myself and see if it's true that only a president can declassify docs. And I have found out that it's not exactly true that only the president can. It's literally true that only the president has unilateral, universal ability to declass. He can declass whatever he wants. That's true. But the, it turns out the vice president does have some declass power under certain conditions. All right. So first thing I found, thanks to Brian Huggins on telegram, or he found it and sent it to me was this interview with uh vice president Cheney from way back in 2006. This is a, this is actually a really good exercise in programming yourself and doing your own work to make sure that what you're being told is true and that you have good information. All right, so this is an interview 
Federation of American Scientists, February 16, 2006, the Vice President's Declassification Authority. Question from Britt Hume. Oh, I remember the days where I used to think Britt Hume was awesome and would watch everything, every segment he ever did on Fox. Shake my head. Quote, is it your view that a vice president has the authority to declassify information? Vice President Cheney was asked yesterday by Fox News, Britt Hume. Answer, there is an executive order to that effect, replied the vice president. This was a simple answer to a straightforward question, but the matter is actually a bit more complicated. The executive order in question is EO 13292 on classified national security information issued by President Bush in March 2003. It states in Section 1.3 that, quote, the authority to classify information originally may be exercised only by one, the president, and in the performance of executive duties, the vice president. Two, agency heads and officials designated by the president in the Federal Register. Remarkably, the phrase, and in the performance of executive duties, the vice president, which dramatically, excuse me, dramatically elevates the vice president's classification authority to that of the president. It was added to the executive order in 2003. Prior to that, the vice president only had classification authority comparable to that of an agency head, having been delegated such authority in a 1995 presidential order. So much for classification authority. But what about declassification? Declassification authority is defined in Section 6.1 of EO 13292. It is granted to, one, the official who authorized the original classification, two, the originator's current successor in function, and three, a supervisory official of either, or four, officials delegated declassification authority in writing by the agency head or senior agency official. So, the vice president has authority to declassify anything that he himself classified. He also clearly has authority to declassify anything generated in the office of the vice president, which he supervises. But is the vice president, like the president, quote, a supervisory official with respect to other executive branches, such as the CIA? Did the 2003 amendment to the executive order, which elevated the vice president's classification authority, also grant him declassification authority comparable to the president's? The answer is not obvious. So there's some there's some conditions here. There's some conditions here that if met means the VP can declass certain things, but they have to be his things. They have to be things that he or his office classified in the first place. And here is that executive order EO 13292, March 25th, 2003. But since then, it's been revoked. Back to my thread. EO 13292 was revoked and replaced by EO 13526 in December of 2009. So that was done by Obama. It states that both president and vice president have classification authority. It makes sense that if you have the power to classify you also have the power to declassify. 
That make does that make I mean I think that makes logical sense. But we're dealing with the government here. So we better check. <laughs> Even though that makes that's like prima facie, that makes sense. We're dealing with the federal government. So that may not be true. <laughs> Good morning, UK Neil, um, JC Bird, Cindy Anon, Howard76, Michelle. Sammy the Squirrel. Good morning, everybody. So there it is right there in black and white. He has the authority to classify. Here's where some of the conditions are. When you classify something according to this executive order, which is still in effect, um, there has to be a date on it. So this thing is classified for X number of years. This thing is classified until these conditions are met. There's qualifiers that come. um, There's qualifiers that come with it. There's conditions that come with the classification. So at the time of original classification, the uh, original classification authority shall establish a specific date or event for D class. If the original classification authority cannot determine an earlier specific date or event for D class, Information shall be marked for D-Class in 10 years. An original classification authority may extend the duration of classification up to 25 years. No information may remain classified indefinitely. And I had this thought when I saw this 10-year mark right here. I just kind of wonder if they're going to try and claim that this information, these documents are actually D-Class now because it's been 10 years and that's what they were marked for. And the media may try to argue that that means Biden's in the clear when he still had them in his possession while they were classified and not declassed. You know what I mean? Like I could see them, I could see this being something that comes into play that they've timed out, but they were still in his possession while they were classified. But I can, I can kind of see that. I'm I'm just kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes an argument depending on what these documents are and the conditions that were put on them. So back to his declassification, does the vice president have the power to declass? Well, this is from the executive order authority for declassification. A information shall be declassified as soon as it is no, it no longer meets the standards for classification under this order. B information shall be declassified, declassified or downgraded by one, the official who authorized the original classification. Boom. Right there. Right there. So is it literally true that the vice president cannot declassify documents? No, that is not true. The vice president can declassify documents, but only documents that he himself or she eventually, well, yeah, I don't want to talk about Kamala. Only documents that he himself originally classified or his office did, the office of the vice president. Two, the originator's current successor in function has the ability, so the next vice president would. A supervisory official of either the originator or his or her successor in function can do that. And the director of national intelligence can 
uh, declass things, or if he can, or the DNI like Ratcliffe can designate it to other officials within the intelligence, uh, within the DNI office to do the declass. Um, so for everybody saying that there's no way that Biden could have ever declassified these, no, there is. And that would be if he is the person who originally classified them. But that's the only way. And we don't know exactly what these documents are. We have that I know of. I haven't seen it come out exactly what they are, who classified them in the first place, what conditions were on that classification, what date they're supposed the classification is supposed to expire, or what or what event would mean that they're now declassified. For all we know, they're still classified. Folsom gal. That's a great question. Once declassified, are the docs immediately immediately available to the public? No. No. Documents can be, and programs and all sorts of things can be declassified or downgraded in classification. And it doesn't mean they become available. So we would need to know what the docs are and what the circumstances were. It does seem possible, based on a quick scan of this, that the VP could classify a document and also declassify that same document. Regardless, the narrative has been deployed. The Vice President Biden docs marked classified story is an exact mirror of the President Trump docs marked classified story. And I, I was mentioning this to uh, Burning Bright last night. We were we were texting back and forth, and or actually it was in a Telegram chat. Uh, we were we were chatting back and forth, and I and I was like, "Man, we should have seen this coming." Like, not cause we're prescient or anything, or so smart, or have inside intel, but just because. Of course, President Biden has docs marked classified hidden in a storage closet somewhere. We should have looked at what happened with Trump and thought, you know what? Six months from now, there's going to be a story just like this, but from the Biden angle. And I told him, I was like, maybe we have said it, but it's like a, you know, half a joke or something, you know, like we probably have like made that comment and others probably have like speculated it like but not like like half seriously um but we should have we should have like made this exact bet like this oh yeah this this is going to be a mirror like we're going to have a story that's an exact mirror of this in the near future that has to do with biden as soon as this story dropped i was like of course of course no surprise whatsoever it's beautiful it's beautiful, man. President or President Trump. Wow, the Biden think tank is funded by China. Also, a VP cannot declassify documents which are covered by the Federal Records Act, which is criminal and much tougher than the Presidential Records Act, which is not criminal. A president, me, can declassify how much more information has China been given. This is where Trump, he's right. 
The Federal Records Act is what covers, is what's at play here, which is a criminal statute. Trump has been dealing with the Presidential Records Act because he was president. It's not criminal. That's another reason why it's never made sense that Trump was going to be arrested over this thing. Good morning, Karma Patriot. That's right. They're enforced under different acts. Biden is the Federal Records Act. That's what deals with his documents. Trump is dealing with the Presidential Records Act. That's a boom. That's that. As I like to say, that's a horse of a different color. It's still a mirror. This narrative is still a mirror, but this is a horse of a different color. It's still a horse, but it's a horse of a different color. Now, special counsel, people be talking about it. Oh, crap. It's too big. Why didn't I say what? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on just a moment. Hold on just a moment. I've got, no, I want to view in Telegram. Why didn't you open it up where I want? Come on. No, I want, okay. Hold up. Hold up. I hate how you can't view Telegram in a browser if the file is too big. Like, what is up with that? Just... All right, let me download this and transfer it over. The video is so short, I was like, oh, yeah, this will play. Nope, it won't. So now that everybody has learned what we just learned, if any of your friends or family members come to tell you, no, this, the vice president can't declassify, you can say, actually... If this is the situation, he can, but it has to be this specific situation. And the real problem here is Federal Records Act versus Presidential Presidential Records Act. If Biden screwed up here, it's a criminal violation. All right, here we go. Corrupt. Oh, oh, hold up just a moment. Sorry, guys. Let me get this audio right. There we go. Okay, now I think we can play it. About these documents off the table? Well, I can't speak for what a highly corrupt DOJ is going to do, but what I can say is that President Trump had absolute authority to declassify documents. You know who does not have any such authority? The Vice President of the United States. So when Joe Biden left the administration, he had zero authority to declassify those documents or take them with him or store them in violation of federal law. That is that is true. You catch that? When he left office, he had zero ability to declass these. And he didn't have he didn't have the lawful authority to keep them. In a fair country, in a sane country, there would be real legal jeopardy for Joe Biden here. And you want to talk about special counsels. This is where you need a special counsel, where the DOJ has a clear conflict of interest because, of course, they are close to Biden. It's his DOJ. You need to appoint a special counsel to find out not only what's going on with these documents, but to look at every single residence, property, and office under Biden's control to determine what other classified documents he has purloined and violation of federal law. 
I mean, Molly, this is so delicious on so, so many levels. I mean, they have spent weeks and weeks and weeks trying to destroy Trump over these documents. I mean, it's amazing because, first of all, paperwork disputes for former presidents yeah. are actually quite common. The idea that they needed to raid Mar-a-Lago and try to, you know, go leaking to the Washington Post. And accuse him of treason, basically. And accusing him of things that they later re revealed that they were not being truthful about whether it was nuclear secrets or other things. That is absolutely unconscionable. This politicized DOJ is a massive problem. And then for it to come and bite them now is delicious. You're right. But Biden does have a history of not being very transparent with his papers. You know, again, during this campaign where the media ran everything, the University of Delaware that houses some of his documents refused to release information, even though there were all sorts of open, you know, issues that needed to be looked at in those documents and he refused to allow them to be, um, to be shared. And, and it, this is, you know, just really fascinating. Now, Stephen, do you think the Republicans on the Hill and I'm about to interview Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert in a few moments. But do you think they're going to be able to get to the bottom of this, along with all of these other scams? We still don't know who's buying Hunter Biden's paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars for that blow art stuff he does. We need to see more subpoenas coming out of the new Republican House, and I'm confident that we will, than have ever been issued before in all of the previous Congresses combined. We need to find out every single classified document that Biden has. And let the Department of Justice now go to court and suddenly decide, oh, wait, you can't enforce these subpoenas. Oh, wait, they don't have the force of law after arguing the exact opposite for two straight years. Let them go after people's tax returns. Wait, let them do tax returns of Democrat donors and Democrat funders and Democrat uh, politicians. Are you saying there's a double standard for Democrats and Republicans? My God, how could you possibly think that? Molly and Stephen... This is beautiful. Like she said, it's delicious, but it's it's just so beautiful. And if you if you thought if you thought that this Mar-a-Lago raid, yes, it's my if you thought the Mar-a-Lago raid was actually DOJ coming after Trump back then, how can you still think that now? How can you still think that now? Because it's it's so freaking obvious that Trump is the source of the tip-off and that Trump wanted them to come. He forced them. You get it, guys? Trump forced the situation that made the FBI show up and search his property for the documents and take all of that stuff. He made that situation happen so that we at this point could compare the two situations and be like, look what you did to Trump. Why aren't you doing the same thing to Biden? Just like Trump announced that he was running for president super early because he knew that it would force, Mer it would force Merrick Garland's hand to appoint a special counsel. He wanted a special counsel. Because he wants Biden to get a special counsel. It's so it's so obvious. It's so obvious we when he says I'm going to take all the slings and arrows for you. He's like 
yeah, I'm going to do things that are going to get me in trouble, quote unquote, in order to set up these narratives that are going to boomerang around and smack these mofos right upside the head. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now, I don't make many predictions. If you've been watching my show for a while, you know, I don't make many predictions. I, I like hypothesis. Maybe this will happen or maybe this will happen. Um, I do that. But since April of 2022, I have predicted over and over that Garland would appoint a special counsel to investigate the Bidens. Now, U.S. Attorney Weiss is still investigating Hunter and James Biden. And you notice there's no leaks. There's no leaks. It's a good sign. When I first said back in April of 2022 that a special counsel would be appointed by Garland, it did seem too far-fetched. And a lot of people were like, Kyle, you're an idiot. (laughs) And they told me worse than that. They they called me worse things than that. Uh, But most people were like, "Eh, no, I don't think so, Kyle. But now, it doesn't seem too far-fetched. And the reason I made that prediction way back then was not because I had inside intel or prescience or anything like that. It's just that I was looking at what was happening to Biden and I was thinking about what had happened to Trump during his term. And I thought, you know what? I bet that everything that happened to Trump is going to happen to Biden, but it's going to be, it's going to stick. It's going to be worse and it's going to be true and it's going to be deserved. That's what's going to happen. And that's, that's where I came to the idea of, you know, I bet they're going to appoint a special counsel. I bet they are the circumstances. And then I started looking at the circumstances for a special counsel. What makes, what conditions have to be met for a special counsel to be um, appointed, why they're appointed. And I was like, you know what? These, this is uh Biden meets these conditions. This, this, these circumstances are suitable for Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel and be like, well, Merrick Garland's not going to do it. He's a swamp monster. So then I started looking at Merrick Garland to see if he was a swamp monster. And I started realizing, Hmm. Merrick Garland doesn't seem as bad as advertised in conservative incorporated media. Not saying I love him. The saying that the, the clickbait news media and what they tell us about Merrick Garland doesn't really seem to fit who Merrick Garland is. And it doesn't really seem to fit what Merrick Garland is doing. Now, let's talk about let's talk about the US attorney that Merrick Garland immediately appointed, okay? Arturel, thank you very much. Arturel said exactly what I posted. It is huge. Are you going to are you putting this together if the DOJ does nothing? McCarthy has the power to send the sergeant of arms to arrest. So if Congress subpoenas Biden, boom. Yeah, they can't Oh, this is so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. They got tricked and 
they got tricked into the J6. You see, like how the J6 committee has set all this up to where the public can be like, well, you called all these Trump administration of people in front of Congress and they came. And if they didn't come, you put them in jail. How come Congress can't call the Biden administration people to come before Congress? It's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful. Okay. So let me talk to you a little bit about this special counsel. I mean, (laughs) I'm already calling him a special counsel. He's not yet. So this is the guy, this is the U S attorney that got, that is over the Northern district of Illinois, Chicago, that, uh, Garland has tasked to review this matter. Now there's only 10 documents or 11 or whatever. Why is the review still going on? This happened in first week of November. We are now in the second week of January. So it's been 70 plus days. Why is this U.S. attorney still reviewing this matter if it's just, uh, if there's nothing to it? John R. Lausch Jr. He is a Trump appointee. He was appointed by Trump over the Northern District of Illinois on November 22nd, 2017. As the United States Attorney, Mr. Lausch serves as the top federal law enforcement officer in the Northern District of Illinois, which contains approximately 9 million people in 18 counties. The office is widely recognized for significant prosecutions involving international terrorism, violent crime, public corruption, cybercrime, financial fraud, narcotics, narcotics civil rights, and numerous other criminal and civil matters. The most high-profile case that's come out of this this uh, district recently is the R. Kelly case. But there's been others, and there's been there's been some public corruption cases with uh that have um that have come that have come out in the past couple of years, but the media pays them no mind whatsoever because they don't they don't want to mention that. Lausch manages 300 employees, including including approximately 150 assistant U.S. attorneys. Mr. Lausch previously served as an assistant U.S. attorney in the Northern District of Illinois from 1999 to 2010. During that time, Mr. Lausch tried more than 20 jury cases involving racketeering. What? 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 We're talking about RICO? More than 20 jury cases involving racketeering, fraud, narcotics, extortion, and firearms offenses. He also briefed and argued several appeals before the United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. For his work as an assistant U.S. attorney, Mr. Lausch has, was twice awarded a Department of Justice Director's Award for superior performance from 05 to 10. Mr. Lausch served as deputy chief of narcotics and gang section, overseeing criminal prosecutions involving street gangs, fraud schemes, and public uh, corrupt public officials. He also served as violent crime coordinator, leading the district's anti-gang and Project Safe Neighborhoods program. From 2010 until his appointment as a United States attorney, Mr. Lausch worked in private practice in Chicago. Prior to joining U.S. Attorney's Office in 1999, Mr. Lausch serves as a law clerk to Honorable Michael S. Kahn of the United States Court of Appeals for Seventh Circuit. Might be interesting to look into that guy to see 
um, who he was. Mr. Lausch earned his degree in da, 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 Mr. Lausch, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yes, he has a big nose. Check this out. Chicago to get new top federal prosecutor. This is from February 9th, 2021. President Joe Biden has dismissed John Lausch, Chicago's top federal prosecutor, along with the rest of the U.S. attorneys appointed by former President Donald Trump. Remember that from the very first weeks of the President Biden administration, that they were going to get rid of all of Trump's attorneys that he appointed. But wait a minute. This says he's still there. And this article says that Merrick Garland appointed him to review this matter. So what happened? Well, it turns out he was appointed, he was nominated August 3rd, 2017 by Trump on August, October 19th, his nominations reported reported out of committee. November 9th, 2017, his nomination was approved by the Senate. He was sworn in November 22nd, 2017. Both senators from Illinois, Durbin and Duckworth, released a joint statement that Lau should remain in office in the new administration, meaning Biden, to... And I'm going to zoom in here Two, the reason they said he needed to stay in office was because he needed to complete sensitive investigations on February 8th, 2021. Unlike 55 other five, five, 55 other Trump era attorneys, he was not asked to resign. Durbin and Duckworth in no hurry to see Trump-era federal prosecutor leave Chicago. Illinois' two senators, both Democrats, say they're in no hurry for the departure of Chicago's U.S. attorney. Instead, Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth said in a joint statement Tuesday that John R. Lausch Jr. should be allowed to wrap up sensitive investigations. Their comments come amid reports that the new Biden administration would ask for the resignation of any U.S. attorney appointed during Republican Trump's tenure. The senators say Lau should remain at least until his successor is confirmed by the Senate. Typically, a U.S. attorney's second in command assumes control if the top prosecutor resigns. During his tenure, the feds have charged a succession of public officials on corruption charges. In the most significant case, ComEd, admitted it handed out jobs to exchange in exchange for favorable legislation. The scandal brought about effective demotion of longtime Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan, who has not been charged with a crime, at least not yet. So, this guy was originally going to be dismissed, and then they were like, nope. Don't do it. He's got some sensitive matters. He's got sensitive cases that he is dealing with and he needs to complete them. Now, here's something else interesting about him. From January 24th, 2018. Meet John Lausch, Northern Illinois' new U.S. attorney. 
Growing up, Joliet native John Lausch says he didn't go to baseball games, and that's how he became a Cubs fan. That's a pretty funny joke. The Cubs were on TV every day, he said, and I came home from school every day to watch the Cubs. I had a neighbor across the street who was a fan, blah, blah, blah. Lausch went to Joliet Catholic High School, blah, blah, blah. The hometown boy has now risen to one of the highest levels of his profession. Lausch was tapped by President Donald Trump for the post. After Trump in March abruptly demanded the immediate resignation of 46 U.S. attorneys across the nation, including Lausch's predecessor, Zach Farden. Oh my gosh. Salt Muncher. Also, aka Odevolve already. That's a hilarious joke. It's not what he said, it's the Ray he said it. That's a keeper. <laughs> that is a keeper, dude. <laughs> that is a lick. Oh my gosh. I'm stealing it right now and I'm going to post it. I'm going to post it. That is awesome. All right. Lausch was sworn into office the day before Thanksgiving. Two months into the job on Wednesday, he gave his first interviews with the media. Now, check this out. Check this out. Despite Trump's frequent habit of haranguing Chicago about its gun gun crime problem. Lausch says he's never spoken with Trump. Though he did meet with U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions as part of the vetting process. Lausch says Sessions did not ask him about his political leanings. Now, who what other U.S. attorney do we know of who Trump reminds us that he has never met? That'd be John Durham. When I, what other U.S. attorney was tasked to begin reviewing Russiagate and Spygate and the FBI very early on in 2017 before any of us really knew what was going on with it. John Durham. And who was it that put Durham Durham to that work? It was Sessions. And what Attorney General did Trump famously have this incredible kayfabe falling out with Jeff Sessions? Did, (laughs) are we finding out that this guy has been tasked with some very sensitive matters that he needs to complete by Jeff Sessions, just like Durham was. Dasting. This is dasting as can be, y'all. This is dasting as can be. All right, I don't even remember what this file was that I was going to play. Maybe this, I may have, what is this? No, it didn't work. I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. 
Um, nuts, isn't it? Nuts. Now, I kind of have, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. I have, I have kind of a dig that's kind of fun, but I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, this, I love this. I love this classified docs thing. I love it. I love it. And I'm telling you guys, man, there's going to be a special counsel appointed. It's so, it's so obvious. And if, if, okay, if there's not one, if a special counsel is not appointed to investigate the Bidens, at least over this, then this Congress is going to make that as much of a story as they possibly can. And they're going to call Garland before Congress. They're going to call Ray before Congress. They're going to, they're going to try and call this U S attorney before Congress. They're going to do everything they can to force everybody in the Biden administration to explain why not and why they did appoint one with president Trump. And that's going to be great. Like, I don't even know what, what what would be better. Would it be better if Garland appointed a special counsel right now? Or would it be better if the House held all these hearings about why there isn't one for several months, half a year or so, and then Garland appoints one right as Biden is starting to run for president in 2024? Oh, these are good. These are 2023 is awesome. Okay, I do have I'll do it. I I'm, I'm going to I have kind of a fun dig into something President Trump posted which may it may be nothing, okay? I have I'm going to do it but we're going to take a break first. Reha, boomerang incoming DJT asset. Are we sick of winning Patriots? Thank you very much for the awesome Rumble rant. Much appreciated. And I am not sick of winning. Although I'm really thankful for this Rumble rant because I need to go by the coffee store today or tomorrow and get more coffee if I'm going to be able to keep up with all the awesome booms that are coming out in 2023 so far. 2023 is delivering. It's a, I, can't, I can't believe it's only Wednesday. Arturell, that's why Sessions was so quiet. He was setting all of this up. That's what I think. That's what I think. This is amazing. Thank you very much, everybody, for your generosity um, and for your comments and chat. It is... 1045. Let's take a short break. I want to see. I thought I had a clip that I was thinking about using in break that was a little bit longer. And was it this? No, that's not it. I've misplaced it. I've messed up. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to need some intermission. Give me just a moment. Because I need more coffee and grab. Yeah, let me grab this. We're going to take a short intermission. And when we come back, I got a short dig to show. And then I got a, I got several news stories I'm just going to try and run through as fast as I can. So. There we go. All right. Intermission, guys. I'll be right back.
Welcome back. All right. For, uh, I said I would do it, so I'm going to do it. I said I would do this, so here we go. Just a moment. This is kind of, I'm kind of like half serious about this. Um, like... Just a moment. Just a moment. Where is it? Where is it? Okay. I just I just happened to notice that and others did too that there's this object right here in Trump's truth which I haven't seen him do. I feel like he's done it before but I ha I don't remember what it was, but this right here. Object. There's supposed to be something there. Now, Trump doesn't Trump, everything Trump does has meaning. So, I'm not um I'm not I'm not trying to tell you oh this is a secret com. I'm I'm just saying it could be. I'm just saying it could be. Okay? So I'm just putting forth this possibility. I don't feel really strongly about it one way or the another, but I just decided to look at it because this this truth right here, the Biden think tank is funded by China, also a VP cannot declassify documents which are covered by the Federal Records Act, which is criminal, much tougher than the Presidential Records Act which is not criminal. A president me can declassify object how much more information has China been given? So I was like, well, what is that symbol? Well, that symbol is object replacement character. Okay. That's what it stands for. It's Unicode. There was supposed to be some object there. It's not there, but what it's actually called is object replacement character. That's the name of that symbol. So for fun, I decided to search the drops for that symbol to see, are the, has that ever appeared in any of the drops? And no, it hasn't. So next I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look for objective. And I was like, there's object, but then there's objective. So there are 11 posts that have objective in them, but there's only one that appears in brackets. This one right here. So I was like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. That's the only one that appears in brackets. And it comes from Donald, Donald Trump's Jr. is Donald Trump Jr. is is his tweet is quoted right here. Congrats to the Democrats who after last night are now officially the party of impeachment, open borders, abolishing ICE, banning the Second Amendment and unbridled socialism. Democrat Party of John F. Kennedy is dead. Rip. And then it has this truth, and this truth talks about what? We will declass. And right here, the line with objective in brackets is objective to keep POTUS away from Putin failed. And I'm not, 
I don't feel super strongly about this because I don't have a lot of connections with it. You know, I've mentioned before that with the drops, I try to find, um, I try to find like three points of contact to see if they're to avoid making leaps. Um, so I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't have three points of contact with this one, but I just thought it was, Hmm. I just thought it was, this is interesting that object replacement characters right here in this Trump truth. What was it that was supposed to be there? Like, and can't, could I connect that with the drops? And I didn't see anybody else doing that. So, um, the drop that has that in brackets, which is kind of, I'm not saying this isn't exactly a bracket, but it kind of is. It's kind of in a bracket. It's got like this dotted box around it. Um, and this drop does mention we will declass. We will shine light. There is nowhere to hide. No amount of money, influence or power can stop this. Our rights to secure and protect at all costs then become justified. We stand at the ready. So, that's drop number 1603. I'm not trying to tell you this is a connection. I'm just saying, hmm, I found that interesting. All right. The new house. All that talk about moderates voting against the rules was silly nonsense. It got effectively killed because all the holdouts ended up voting president. And then they passed it. So do you remember? You remember that right after McCarthy, right after McCarthy was confirmed as speaker, Tons of conservative incorporated and conservative influencers started saying that this is terrible and this, they, all these people made a bad, I mean, some people I really like, some people I really like, even though they're like conning people, started saying that they got screwed, that Gates and Boebert and others are they're being hoodwinked. They should have never made the deal with McCarthy. The rules package will never pass. They're never going to get these concessions. Well, the House rules package passed. Black pillars wrong again. Like, over and over again, over and over again, black pillars are wrong. Occasionally, things don't go the way we think, and the black pillars will tell you all about how right they were. Occasionally. Um, but wrong again, good things do happen. The house rules package passed and more good things happened. McCarthy kicked Adam gigantic watermelon head Schiff and Eric Fartswell off the Intel committees, just as Elon is ex publicly exposing how Schiff asked Twitter to censor people on his behalf. Another year of exposure is in the works as those who hid in the dark are being brought to light and their ability to access information is removed. Music to my ears. 
from Ultra Peppy Lives Matter. Beautiful. Rep Ma- Gates. Oh, yeah. Let me actually, before I do that, let me grab this clip of Watermelon Head. I have it. I think I have it right here. Yeah. See, this time it's going to let me play it because it's only 24 seconds, not two minutes. Okay. We'll also seek to discredit law enforcement like the FBI, who are so important in the fight against domestic violent extremism. Republicans in Congress just don't care. The greatest threat, the greatest terrorist threat to our country comes from violent right-wing militia groups and their sympathizers, and Republicans in Congress just don't this this is the new this is awesome. This is what we how all videos of Adam Schiff should be. Just a watermelon on his head. Just every single time. <laughs> um him getting kicked off is awesome. I also love that Matt Gates said America watched in real time how our government is functioning. Last week we did. I'm introducing an amendment to allow C SPAN cameras on the House floor. At all times, broader transparency in Congress is a net positive and we need more of it. Yes. Yes. This. Oh, this is awesome. I hope that passes. Gates, Republicans will release 14,000 hours of J6 tapes that have been hidden. Can we get answers on J6? Can we get answers on this? Can we get answers on that? One of my favorite members of Congress is Thomas Massey, and the fact that he's going to be on this new committee really gives me hope. Matt, do you anticipate allowing the dogs to be released, if you will, against this fourth branch of government? Yeah, Kevin McCarthy told us he's going to get the evidence out in front of the American people, and that means releasing the 14,000 hours of tapes that have been hidden that I think would give more full context to that day rather than the cherry-picked moments that the January 6th committee tried to use to inflame and further divide our country. So, yes, I do believe that part of this deal is a concession that we are going to get the truth out in front of the American people. And you know what? Kevin McCarthy could have in his victory speech just said, well, the government is weaponized, but he was very specific in his language. He talked about the weaponization of the FBI specifically. His willingness to do that with particularity, I think, shows that he's ready to lower his shoulder and to get into this fight that so many Americans expect us to be in on behalf of the civil rights that we hold dear. And contrast that to Paul Ryan or Boehner, who never would have done that. And you deserve a lot of credit, Matt, for steering that direction because Kevin wanted to be speaker really badly. He said, wow, I'm not going to be speaker if I don't listen to these members and cut a deal. Is that is that a fair way to depict it or summarize it? Well, I think it is fair to say that we would not be in the position today had we had a smooth Tuesday. But I'm, I would rather have a turbulent four days and then come up with a process that we all believe in and commitments that we can rely on than have a really smooth takeoff and then two years of turbulence and not really knowing what's coming next. So I think this is a far preferable system. I think we've got our cards on the table right now. The American people know what to expect from a fighting Republican majority. The Senate 
knows to what they can expect from us regarding how we are going to comport ourselves and handle the legislative process professionally like adults. And I thought it was interesting to hear people give speeches about the institution, about what drives decisions here in Washington, D.C., and we want to make this a better place. Love it. Can we get answers on J6? Absolutely love it. They also filed articles of impeachment against DHS Secretary Mayorkas. Now, go away. Go away, Daily Mail. It's popping up all sorts of stuff. Y'all can't see it, but it did to me. All right. Mayorkas by the House Republicans. GOP calls for him to be removed from office for his willful actions to erode our immigration system. Texas Republican Pat Fallon officially filed the articles of impeachment against House Sec- Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The resolution which Texas Republicans promised to bring forward under their border plan introduced last Congress says Mayorkas engaged in a pattern of conduct that is incompatible with the duties and failed to maintain operational control of the southern border. Awesome. Not sure how far it will go, if they can actually impeach him, but I certainly don't mind them trying to impeach Mayorkas. Pompeo commented that it's totally deserved that McCarthy is kicking Swalwell, Schiff, and Omar off of their committees. They previously served on the Intel and Foreign Affairs Committees. Good stuff. Good stuff. And there is some... I I was looking around yesterday to see if... um, to, To see if AOC has been kicked off her committees... I personally don't want her to be kicked off her committees. Um, And that's because I think AOC is a Judas goat. I think she's the greatest Judas goat ever. And I don't want her off the committees. I want AOC to continue to serve on the finance committee and oversee banking and stuff because I think she does good work. And I know that that's going to be an unpopular take, but her her role is to do damage to the Dem Party, and that's what she's done her whole career. Um, but anyway, I was looking around to see if she's what has happened with her committee assignments, and I didn't find any updates on it yesterday. So I'm going to keep looking. Pentagon has rescinded the COVID vaccine mandate for the military, and Josh Hawley is right. Now it's time. To, now that you've done that, let's reinstate the men and women you wrongfully terminated. Amen. That has nothing to do with the new house, but it's happened. So um, I threw that in there. House Republicans passed a bill to repeal the 87,000 new IRS agents. Now I was talking on defected uh, the show I do every Sunday night at 9 PM with burning bright um, over on badlands media. And I was talking when we we talked about this eighty seven thousand new IRS agents and how how this is a this is this it's a fake news story, um, but it's very very useful. It's a great example of how um, this is a narrative war, and so the narrative comes out that there's going to be 87,000 new IRS agents. And at the same time that info comes out, there's that video released of them training with firearms and they all look ridiculous, like, like a dozen of them training or whatever. And, um, 
Remember, that was a narrative deployment, guys. Back when this news broke of 87,000 new IRS agents, that training video and other images and all the news stories, that was absolutely a narrative deployment to make people think that the IRS is hiring tens of thousands of people to come after you with guns. And the truth is that what that bill was, that's the section of that bill that funded 87,000 new IRS agents was funding that was over the next 10 years. It wasn't that 87,000 new IRS agents were going to be hired all at once and then tasked with coming after every American. It's that funding was approved for the IRS to make as many the money was approved for the IRS over the next 10 years. And if you took that money and you divided it by the average IRS agent's salary, it would pay for 87,000 new agents. It, but that wasn't even what they were going to do with it. It's just they people took the amount of money that was allocated to IRS over the next 10 years did the math and said, wow, with that much money, you could hire 87,000 IRS agents. And then that became the narrative. And that's, I'm fine with that. I'm just letting you know that that is what that fake news story was. And that's, and that it's been used to make people say, why the heck are they hiring all these new agents? And then it's, that's been put out there. That's that narrative has been seeded. So it's been repealed now though, which is great which is great. It's been repealed. That's great. It served its purpose and now it's been repealed and it qualifies as a win. Um, all good. UK Neil, who I'm pretty sure I saw in chat. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw UK Neil in chat earlier. Um, good morning to you, sir. Of course, where you're at, it's afternoon. Um, I told you guys I may disconnect those, there's guys working on the, they're replacing a pole down the street from me. So, uh, that's probably what's going on is that these interruptions are them moving wires around, moving cables around. All right. So UK Neil had this, uh, clip of Dan Bishop, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Let's watch it. I thank the chairman, Mr. Speaker with great power comes great responsibility. We entrust our Department of Justice, FBI, and intelligence community with great power to keep us safe. And yet, as long as these agencies have existed, they violated Americans' civil rights, everyday Americans. The security state believes itself to be above the Constitution and the laws passed by Congress. Or perhaps the belief is only tacit. It is aware only of power, not authority, power. The FBI spied on Frank Sinatra, John Lennon, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and Muhammad Ali because they were national security threats. Celebrities, but everyday Americans, as to their constitutional rights. The intelligence community abused power to spy on presidential candidates, a sitting president, and members of Congress and their staffs. The FBI continuously coordinated with social media companies to moderate social content, the public square. So contemptuous are they and out of touch when confronted with this just weeks ago, they said we were merely engaged in uh, engaging with our community partners. 
Leading up to the 2020 election, the FBI worked hand-in-hand with Twitter and Facebook to silence the Hunter Biden laptop story. Concealment from everyday Americans. They've continued to censor and silence criticism of COVID policies and vaccine mandates to the harm of everyday Americans. In 2013, the former director of the National Intelligence, James Clapper, lied to Congress about the NSA collecting data on millions of Americans, yet he's escaped a reckoning. The NSA spied on groups including Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International and other NGOs. FBI contractors conducted thousands of searches on NSA databases. The intelligence community spied on journalists and political opponents in clear violation of the First Amendment. That's not all just illegal. It's un-American. I love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Vance demands, J.D. Vance, demands that Biden admin turn over full cross-cutting report on security assistance provided to Ukraine. <laughs> yes. Freshman Republican J.D. Vance is set to demand that the Biden administration release a full cross-cutting report on the exact amount of security assistance that the United States has provided to Ukraine since February 2022. In order for lawmakers to make a determination on the wisdom of additional spending. Strain that swamp. The letter is circulating among Republicans in both the Senate and the House of Representatives. Dan Bishop, who we just saw that clip of, has signed on to it, as well as Josh Hawley. Congress has shelled out more than $100 billion in support of Ukraine since last February, yet we have zero insight into exactly what this money is being spent on. The American people deserve to know exactly where the money is going. That's Congress's job is oversight. This is literally their job. Time to take a look at it. And just one kind of a one point here. There's been, there's some news recently of the U S is going to send some tanks over there. Some old APCs, Bradley fighting vehicles and stuff, which we're phasing out anyway. Um, and Poland, I think is sending some leopard tanks to Ukraine. Um, it's kind of interesting to me because Elon Musk was talking about how tanks, while they do serve a purpose in warfare, they're not as big of a element and as effectual, um, effective of an element as they used to be on the battlefield because of tow missiles and other armaments that men can carry drones and uh, laser guided munitions, smart bombs, all of these things, all these, all modern weapons that all these modern weapons that have come about in the past 25 to 50 years since the introduction of the tank have decreased the tanks effectiveness because they are so easily targeted and taken out. So tanks, tanks do have a role, but they're not, they can't do the job they used to do in World War I and World War II. Yet these countries are sending Ukraine tanks. And so to me, it's kind of like, are we, are they just being sent surplus to go get blown up in? Like, are we just giving them, is it kind of like, we're just like, Hey, Nazis, here you go. 
take these tanks that are like 30 years obsolete, 20 to 30 years obsolete, and go out there and get blown up in them. Like the way Russia uses tanks and their doctrine is they don't put tanks on the front line to go and do the job like you would see in World War I and World War II. The Russians hold them back and basically use them as artillery. So it's just, it's interesting to me when I saw these headlines about tanks and APCs being sent over there, I was like, one, we're sending them old stuff that we don't, that is obsolete as far as our military goes, um, that we don't need. Then the other thing was like, these guys are just going to get blown up in them. So I see BB say it's a tank recycling program. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, Michelle, the bean, good question. Are any of them inflatable? <laughs> yeah. The same day that this report came out that the Biden administration was sending these tanks, Elon Musk did some tweets talking about how tanks are in are uh, are how easy tanks are to blow up. And he would know. He would know because um, SpaceX is handling targeting information. So for DOD. All right. Move that. Yeah. We'll Kevin McCarthy said America's greatness is defined by the freedoms enshrined by our founders. When government colludes with private companies to infringe on those rights and must answer for that abuse, the select committee on the weaponization of the federal government will bring accountability. It's 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 crazy. People hate him so much. He can't even get even get a thousand likes on this on this truth right here. You can't even give a, get a thousand likes on it, but it deserves, it deserves a million likes. And that's just a joke. Now, Doc, I want to bring up an important point, a sobering point. Okay. From Dawson. The swamp really doesn't want to be investigated by the FBI and DOJ. Yet they are walking into this trap because they don't know what else to do. Swamp creatures are on the endangered species list because their habitat has been destroyed. I I love that. I absolutely love that. And what he's referring to is this. Legal experts say House Republicans bid to probe ongoing criminal investigations is a non-starter for DOJ and could erode the already strained relationship between the department and the Hill. I think I, what I want to, I want to give us a, a sober, you know, I want to give a reality check to people. Congress. I want Congress to, to invest. I want this committee. I was talking about on Monday. I want this committee to investigate weaponization of DOJ and other agencies. Okay. I want that. But there is a downside to it in that swamp monsters in Congress are going to want to find out what DOJ is looking at and what they know. They want access to the evidence so that they can avoid being caught themselves. Um, a great example of this are the, um, the, the SAR reports, the uh, suspicious activity reports from the Treasury. Uh, 
I mean, I remember recently Congress was trying to get all these SARs because like we're going to look at, we're going to make sure you're looking at what you're supposed to look at. You need to turn over these SARs on, on Hunter Biden and all this stuff. The real reason they want those reports is because they want to know what treasury knows so that they can adapt and they can keep doing the swampy things they do. They don't want the SARs because they actually care about justice and they want the swamp being drained. They want them because they want to avoid being caught. So with these new committees that are going to be looking at DOJ and FBI, it's good for us to keep in mind that while I'm sure there are going to be people on the committees who are good and are going to do good work and are trying to provide good oversight that's high quality, this is also a committee that the swamp monsters who are still in Congress are going to desperately want to be on so that they can get access or at least try to get access to evidence in ongoing criminal matters, which may connect to them. So just keep that in mind. And, you know, they're not going to, I don't, I don't picture this committee indicting anybody, but like I said on Monday, I do think that it's going to develop a good report and do a lot of exposure disclosure work. And by the time Trump is back in office, they're going to have a report ready that is going to recommend some changes um, that Trump, the new Trump administration can then implement. So it's looking at who's heading the house committees. Agriculture is going to be Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania. Committee on Appropriations is going to be Kay Granger of Texas. Armed Services Committee is going to be Mike Rogers and his hairpiece. House Budget Committee is Jody Arrington. Workforce Chair is Virginia Fox of North Carolina. Energy and Commerce Chair is going to be Kathy McMorris Rogers of Washington. House Financial Services Committee is going to be Rep. Patrick McHenry of North Carolina. Please keep AOC on that committee. Please. Please. Foreign Affairs Chair is going to be Rep. Michael McCall. I don't think I'm a fan of that. I'm pretty sure he's a neocon. Pretty sure that guy's a... Yeah. Yeah. Homeland Security Chair is going to be Mark Green of Tennessee. Judiciary Chair is going to be Rep. Jim Jordan, which is why Jim Jordan couldn't be Speaker. Just another reason why you don't want Jim Jordan to be Speaker. He's got this work to do. Now, I'll, I'll move on. Committee on Natural Resources Chair, Bruce Westerman of Arkansas. Oversight and accountability is going to be Rep. James Comer, who I saw posted something today. Comer said something today that uh, just the news came out this morning.
his top priority is a probe into Hunter Biden and to set hearings with Twitter execs. And okay, here it is. Here it is. Um, from red pill pharmacist shared this this morning, GOP panel to probe Biden records as Senate Democrats call for a briefing lawmakers on both sides of the aisles and in both chambers are calling for Congress to look more closely at recent news that classified documents from, from now president Biden's tenure as vice president were found in a private office. Rep Comer of Kentucky chair of the oversight and accountability committee has already launched a probe into the handling of the documents, not wasting any time. Oh. House committee on science, space and technology, Frank Lucas of Oklahoma. Roger Williams is going to be chair of the small business uh, committee. He's from Texas. Transportation and Infrastructure Committee is going to be Rep. Graves from Missouri. House Committee on Veterans Affairs is going to be Mike Bost of Illinois. Ways and Means Committee is going to be Jason Smith of Missouri. The House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence is going to be chaired by Rep. Mike Turner of Ohio. I don't know much much about him, but I know that Ohio has a lot of corruption. So uh, I need to look into him to see what he's about because Ohio, both Ohio and Missouri have a pretty uh, impressive record of corruption over the past few decades. So good stuff. Now, Trump grand jury real quick. Ah, uh, let me get back here. Yeah, Crenshaw's out. Um, he's off committees. That's great. Um, all right. So that that Georgia grand jury that's been going on. Remember, that's a that's a state thing. It's not federal. It's not federal at all. The Atlanta area area special grand jury investigating whether former President Trump and his allies violated the law in their efforts to overturn a 2020 election has completed its work. This is the one that has been calling Trump and all these other people from his administration to come and testify. Um, There's one about the Raffensperger phone call and all of that stuff. So it's wrapped up. Dawson commented, "Will we get to see the report now that they, now that the court has has does that now that this is done? Does the court have the courage to publish the report, or will they attempt to cover it up?" If it exonerates Trump, which I'm sure it will, they're probably going to want to cover it up. But check this out. By order of Judge Robert McBurney, the Georgia Special Purpose Grand Jury investigating the 2020 election interference by Trump and his allies is dissolved. The grand jury voted to make its report public. A hearing will be held on January 24th to determine if it will be published. So, January 24th. That is an important date to look forward to. 
hopefully they do make this public. And I think the jury voting to make it public is a good indication that they, they want the, the jury wants the public to know what, what they saw, what they learned in this grand jury. So they, they want them to know. So I, I'm really hoping that the judge will make the report public. January 24th, we'll find out. All right, I got some miscellaneous news stories here I'm going to run through before we end the show. Guys, if you like the show, please hit the pl- hit the thumbs up button. I really appreciate it. That helps me out a lot. Um, my show from Monday actually made the top 10 on Rumble for a short time, and that's because of you guys hitting the thumbs up. So if you like what I do, if you're enjoying this video, please hit the thumbs up. helps me out. If you want to do more than that, there are links in the description of the video over on Rumble. There's, you can subscribe to my Substack, um, which is where I do my, po- I get, I do a podcast version of the show and I occasionally write articles. Um, you can also go to buymeacoffee.com slash just human and keep my coffee cup full. That helps me out a lot. You can go to bensonhoneyfarms.com and buy pure raw honey like this that I have right here. It's delicious and I love it and I put it in everything that it makes sense to put it in. And maybe a few things that doesn't make sense. Um, and there's other links there. If you're interested in supporting the show, it's I, this is a user-supported program. It's because of you guys' support that I'm able to do this show. Um, and you know I couldn't do it without you. I'm really thankful for it. Uh, but the number one way you can help me out is to hit that thumbs up and to share the show. All right. Several... Several things I want to just hit on real quick. This is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Oh, there's so many. Okay. Show's not over yet. Prosecutors are telling lawyers connected to SBF that the fraud in in the fraud investigation case, of course, that this fraud investigation case is so sprawling that it could exhaust resources of the Southern District of New York since it includes potential bribery, campaign contribution violations, market manipulation, on top of theft and fraud. Now, the black pill cynical take of this tweet was that, oh, they don't have the resources to do this, but they have the resources to go after Trump or J6 prisoners or whatever. This is Southern District of New York. Now, I saw black pilling takes. They're saying they can't fully investigate this. They're just trying to, they're setting it up to fail. There are all sorts of black pill takes about this. What this guy is saying, Howard 76 had no, yep, you're right. What the prosecutors are telling SBF's lawyers, guys, is this is going to be a RICO case. They're letting his lawyers know that this fraud investigation is so huge that they're going to have to take things up a notch. They're not saying, oh, this is so big, we can't handle it. It could exhaust resources of the Southern District. They're saying, this is so big, we're going to have to involve so many other federal attorneys. This thing is going to be huge, and it's going to go on for 
possibly years. Their trial date was originally set in October. I don't think they're going to hit it. They're saying this includes potential bribery, campaign contribution violations, market manipulation, and that's on top of theft and fraud. This is a RICO case, and it's going to be elevated to it. I think it's a good bet. I think it's a real good bet that it's going to be elevated to RICO. Black pillars, wrong again. All right, Ezra Cohen-Watnick put out a letter. There's a letter he sent to Joe Biden saying, look, thank you for all the JFK records that you did release. We really appreciate it. We applaud you for what you've done. Actually, let me open this up and I'll share the whole thing with you instead of uh, instead of just summarizing. I'm actually going to read it because it's important. And it's the last letter we're going to get from Ezra um, Cohen because he's no longer chair. His chairmanship of the PIDB is over and he's done amazing work. All right. It's from January 6, 2023. On behalf of the Public Interest Declassification Board, I am writing to express our support for the release of records, the public release of records on December 15, 2022 by the National Archives and Record Administration. Pursuant to your memorandum of certification regarding disclosure of information and certain records relating to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, This action is consistent with the board's letter of September 27th, 2021, recommending that you limit any further certifications for the postponement of public disclosure under the John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act to the absolute minimum. The board applauds your stipulation in that memorandum that the continued postponement of any release of JFK Act records beyond June 30th, 2023, quote, shall be limited to the absolute minimum under the statutory standard. Although NARA reports, although NARA reports that the most recent release of JFK record acts um, or act records amounts to 13,173 documents, 515 documents remain withheld in full and another 2,545 withheld in part. To the extent it appears that there will continue to be classified records consistent with the statutory standard in the coming months, the PIDB will conduct a review of a sample of the remaining classified records to better understand why they remain classified, pursuant to the criteria you established in your memorandum. We support your deadlines for the review of these documents. The board is encouraged that Section 7 of your memorandum further requires agency reviewing the remaining JFK Act records certified for postponed release to prepare transparency plans for the National Declassification Center at NARA, quote, to ensure that information would continue to be disclosed over time as the identified harm associated with release of the information dissipates. The requirement that these transparency plans will detail event-based or circumstance-based conditions that will trigger the public disclosure of currently postponed information. By the NDC at NARA represents an important step forward for the release of JFK Act records. These requirements also set an example of standards that should be consistently applied to promote transparency across the federal government. 
As you consider reforms of the classification system, transparency plans should become institutionalized for all newly created categories of classified information to lessen future resource-intensive difficulties that have materialized with the JFK Act records. The board continues to be concerned about the expansion of the national security community, has not been adequately matched with concurrent resourcing of the records management system. This growing imbalance threatens a unique strength of the American system, the assumption that all acts of the government will ultimately be subject to public scrutiny. As authorized to promote the fullest possible public access to historically significant government records, under the Public Interest Declassification Act of 2000, and consistent with the letter and spirit of the JFK Act, the Board continues to support your initiatives to facilitate the public disclosure of the JFK Act records that remain withheld in full or in part. Your deadlines, procedures, and standards for reviewing these records must be implemented to, at long last, advance government transparency by providing the fullest public access to government information about this tragic chapter in our nation's history. Very respectfully, Ezra Cohen, Chair. <clears throat> and as of... No, I don't have... That's not it. Where did I put it? I think it's this one. No. Well, as of yesterday, Ezra Cohen-Watnick is no longer Chair of the PIDB. But... He is still on the board. He is um his he is um, he is still appointed a board member for another year. I don't know who the chair will be. I've I've been looking and I looked around last night trying to figure out who was going to be the new chairperson and I just I can't find it. I didn't see any news report it. So maybe we're going to get an announcement today. Um I don't really know, but I think Ezra Cohen-Watnick has done amazing work as chair of the PIDB. Um, if you guys have been watching my program, you know that I've paid very close attention to what he has been doing and trying to do. And yeah, I think it's amazing and he should be applauded for all of his work. There's still 515 documents remain in, withheld in full related to the JFK assassination. And another 2,545 which are withheld in part. Biden gave the date of June 30th, 2023. And I know that we've been told before, we were originally told that all the records, except for like 11 pages, were going to be, or 11 documents were going to be declassed by last December. And instead, we got 13,173, which is a lot of documents. But we did, there's still more. And it looks like they're, it's going to be event based. Is what it's event based or circumstance based conditions that will trigger the public disclosure of currently postponed information. It's pretty interesting. Okay, I need to skip that before I end the show because I need to end the show real soon. Um, for some reason, Washington Post came out with this article two days ago and said Russian trolls on Twitter had little influence on 2016 voters. This has been known, but suddenly the Washington Post is reporting on it. And J.E. Dyer, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, journalists 
and uh, researchers says, the question is why? Why acknowledge this now? I don't know. I'm guessing it's because they know something's coming. And they're trying to get out in front of it and save face. All right, I got to go. But before I go, I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Absolute Truth 1776. He wrote this substack um, that is about him and his life story. His name is Paul Martin Florette. And I've gotten to know Paul decently well over the past year. I've met him in person and hung out with him. And man, he's a good dude. And I'm really. I'm really glad to call him a friend. I feel blessed to call him a friend and blessed to know him. He wrote this article that is just a revealing of who he is. You can go to absolute1776.substack.com and give it a read and give him a sub. Um, he's, I just can't, I can't say enough good things about Paul. Um, and if you read his story, you're, you're not going to regret it. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful insight into his life. Um, so please give him a read, give him a follow on true social and telegram. And when he gets back on Twitter, when he's allowed back, make sure you're following him there. All right, guys, that is my show today. I actually have a bunch more stuff, (laughs) but I just don't have, I don't have time. I don't have time to get it. Um, so you guys, you guys, please have a, whoa, what the world? Ooh, my friend, my friend has put more music up. All right. Let me give a shout out real quick. I gotta do this. So the ending music, the music I play at the end of my show is by my friend who I've known since junior high or high school. And, uh, his artist name on Bandcamp is Elegant Tiger. That's the the song that's uh, that played at the end of the show is Akedo Dansu. Well, he's added some more music. He has added more music to his page on Bandcamp. So if you're like if you like this if you like the song I end with that I'm about to play, go over to Bandcamp ElegantTiger.Bandcamp.com. And check out the rest of his music. Awesome. I'm glad he added some more. All right. You guys have a great one. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your support. And remember, we're not going to win every battle. But we are going to win this war. Have a great Wednesday.